Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome one and all here to the SB Nation NFL Show, and welcome specifically to Monday Football Monday. A reminder before we keep going that this show is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show, which you are listening to. If you are subscribed to the SB Nation NFL show, wherever you get your podcast, if you aren't, shame on you. Look for us, subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things help us out and make our hearts so full. You may be watching us on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel, which is how you can do that. You can see all of our wonderful programming. And when I say all of us, I mean the fantastic Rachelle Prevett, who is on the ones and twos and who will hand out the MF double MVP. I mean myself, I am RJ Ochoa. And I mean the extraordinary Jeremy Reisman from SB Nation's Pride of Detroit, fresh off of a weekend, he said, at the lake. I think, Jeremy, is it true that you spent this past weekend gallivanting at a lake on a jet ski or a water uh, vehicle of some sort? Absolutely not. (laughs) But I wish I was. Mm. Uh, Mm. That is a common Michigan thing to do, but uh, I have yet to kind of break my my summer beach party. I don't know, first time, you know. What's your favorite lake? Because that's the thing, right? Like the Great Lakes. Like what's your your favorite one? Yeah, I think I think it's, I'm going to go with the Plain Michigan. I, I can't say I've spent a lot of time in Northern uh-huh. Michigan. So if you're talking like Lake Superior, I don't have a ton of experience there. You know, I feel like I feel like there's probably a a misnomer, misconception that that Michigan people like they've been to every lake. They love the, the Great Lakes. That's 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 what they're all about. But, you know. Lake time mm. in the summer is classic, obviously. That's true. Um, well, hopefully at some point you get to um, dip your toes in the water um, and uh, I don't know, have a have a hot dog. Are you a hot dog person? Eh. Hot dogs stink. I don't know. They're not. They're, they're not very they're good. Um, if, if you're yeah. giving me a hamburger hot dog option, there, there's no there's no real choice there. Right. I also didn't give you much of a choice on what we're going to do today. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> unique subject, um, which we're about to get to. But before we do, I saw something um, on Reddit and I wanted to get your take and we'll get Rachelle's at the very end, obviously, when she hands out the hardware. Um, and that is if you had to um, if you had to give somebody one app and recommend like you have to have this app on your phone, what would it be? Because there were all sorts of recommendations of apps I'd never even heard of. And it was a really kind of helpful thing. Yeah. So what would that app be like? And something that would like help your life. Right. Um, you know, not like, you know, uh, TikTok. Right. right. I would say my most used apps are not ones that I would ever recommend for something like this. Right. Um, man, that's a really good question. And I don't know if I have like an app where I'm like this, this app changed my life. So I feel like that Reddit thread would be very helpful for me. 
Do you? What? Yeah, I can send it to you. Why don't you tell me one that you found or one that you found really interesting, and I'll see if I literally have anything worthwhile on my phone. So, um, I think you, like I, do not have a lot of time um, for spare things, like to read or to watch. But still, sure. like when we when we have the time, it's always nice. Yeah, I heard of an app called Libby, mm-hmm. um, like like the name Libby. Yeah, I know Libby, um, but I think it's short for. Yeah, I think it's short. Like you know a person named Libby? No, I know, you know the, the app. app. I, I don't have the app Libby, but I was actually okay. just talking to someone about it. <laughs> Yeah, so the app Libby um, is I, – I haven't opened it yet because I had to get ready for this. Uh, but but um, I think that it sort of organizes um, the digital versions of libraries across the world. Uh, like I, I really don't know. Um, and so it allows you access – I don't know if you have to get like a Libby library card, but apparently according to reviews, and I looked at the reviews on the app, it's completely and totally free, and you can check out digital versions of books and comics or whatever the case may be. Obviously, you're restricted to what um, they have in different selections, but I do think you have access to, to multiple libraries, like not just your local one or whatever the case may be. So um, that's kind of cool, you know, a, a cool little resource of sorts if you're a reader. Yeah, and I, if I'm not mistaken, they also have audiobooks, which is something I'm, I'm, I've been very hesitant towards getting into. But everyone tells me it's it's, different. A, it's a life yeah. changer, and so as someone who who does struggle to like sit down for two hours and read a book, I think I think I'm going to make that that switch, and and maybe maybe I use Libby. And maybe if you can read a book in two hours, that's well, an no, incredible. I just flex. mean, I just mean crap. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do that. Um, but yeah, like uh, shout out okay. Libby if you want to be a sponsor of the show, uh, reach out. I'll I'll start. That's right. I'll, um, I'll start being personal recommendations. Well, I bought you time. Did you come up with an app? And Rachel, you are going to have to give us one at the end. So, you know, you have a lot more time than we do. Uh, but what is your app suggestion, Jeremy? It can be, um, it doesn't have to be, I guess I'll open the, the parameters for it. It doesn't have to be like a phone app. Sure. It can be like maybe on, on like a gaming device or like a, you yeah, know, you a know streaming what? device or something like that. I'm, I'm going to get a little serious on, on you, RJ, here. Uh, Ginger, okay. which is a, a, uh, a mental health app that we actually get. Um, shout yeah, out yeah. SB Nation, shout out Vox Media gives us free access to. Um, it's it's not only a place where you can find a therapist, um, but it's someone where you can match up with a coach, which is just basically someone you text every week or every couple of weeks and just like say, hey, these are where my goals are. This is where I'm. it's like an accountability buddy. Uh, and so uh, that's one I use and, and enjoy and I think is a very a very modern approach to mental health. That is a very, very awesome suggestion. Um, you're right. Thank you, um, obviously, to our jobs uh, that provide that resource for us. Yeah. Um, and a very, very cool app. And you're right. Like, modernization of these things is just like, those are the times. Yeah. Like, I was planning a vacation with my family. And, like, I did everything on my phone. It was just kind of like, this is kind of weird. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that everything would, like, but that's the world that we're living in. So, um, awesome suggestion. Uh, last thing along these lines. Um, it, it's a serious thing. But there was a, a suggestion. And I'll send you and Rachel the Reddit thread. Um, of it was like a bird that that like the way they app described the app it's like a little bird that you like check in with and like tell it tasks you completed so but like they're even like incredibly mundane tasks like I had a glass of water you know what I mean so it's like okay and but like as you as you accomplish like it's almost like a, a like a to do list and so like as you accomplish the to do list the bird is fed um, and the, <laughs> and then like at the end of your day whenever you like fulfill your to do list the bird like brings you a treat or something like, again, I don't remember the name of the app, but it was an interesting uh, description that I saw. Uh, so uh, your uh, description of ginger reminded me of, uh, of the bird app, which isn't Twitter, right. uh, which is often referred to as the bird app. <laughs> um, 
Are you ready for today's uh, discussion? Because it's weird. Yes, I'm. I'm ready to test this out and see if it crashes into the side of the mountain or if we we soar high. I would actually like you to describe to everyone what we're going to do to make sure that you understood the way I described it, (laughs) so that we're on the same. This is a good test, and maybe (laughs) some would say this is something we should have done pre-show, but that that is not what we do here on Monday Football Monday. Um, So I believe uh, Rachel is going to come in with a word. Any old word that she mm-hmm. wants to come up with, and then you or I will take that word, turn it into a sentence that either describes an NFL phenomenon, one of the biggest storylines, a player, whatever. We discuss that for a while, and then at the end of my whatever whatever sentence we build off the original word, we take the last word in that sentence, and then go do the next topic. Right. So we're we're connecting all of the sentences with the beginning and end words. And I'm, I'm sure there's like a an alliterative word for what we're gonna do here, like literal or literary like ladders or something. <laughs> but um, I couldn't think of that. Um, or like a train, a maybe is a the better way to put it. Chain. chain, a ch- a literal chain, a literary train, uh, or chain. Goodness gracious, uh, not a, a great literal or literary. Uh, but anyway, yes, that's exactly what I was envisioning. So let's go ahead and start. Rachel, could you come in and tell us the launching point word and who you want to take the sentence to start the chain that we are building, please? Awesome. Morning. Happy Monday. Um, my word is drama. So I'm going to go with drama and I'm going to have Jeremy starting. Okay. That's a hard That's a hard word to start a sentence with just to be. No, you, you know, just said a word. I know, but the, like it has to be the first word of his sentence, and so oh, you know yeah, you have like, to kind of uh, like something like way too easy. But I like drama, but again, like he has to start a sentence with the word drama, and whatever the last word of his sentence is has to be the first word of my sentence. So okay, okay, okay well, you're I have a backup word if that one. Doesn't no, work. I'm 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 ready no. to go, and I like the challenge. Okay, all right. Drama has been the story of this offseason when it comes to NFL quarterbacks. So I'm giving you kind of a layup here. That's it. That's your That's sentence? my sentence. Okay. 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 Drama has been the storyline of the season when it comes to NFL quarterbacks. So my word when we get there will be uh, quarterbacks. Um, has it? I mean, I feel like I, I feel like that's a little bit of an overblown thing. Like what the Aaron Rodgers thing wasn't really, it was annoying, but was it dramatic? But Lamar too, I mean, right. But even that was like ti- a teeny tiny bit dramatic, but it got resolved really quickly. What? You know, like once the first Lamar's well, dragged like, down this for off- two years, th- RJ. This off season, okay. though, that's what you said. Like, and so like as soon as one, and everybody was like, "What's the thing?" Like you deal with this all the time too. Like whenever there's a lion who needs a new contract, people are like, "Just take the current one and like up it by five yeah, percent, yeah. whatever." And as soon as the first domino fell at the quarterback position this off season with Jalen Hurts, boom! Right away it was done. You know what I mean? Like that's all it took. I mean, so like it, it was a teeny bit dramatic, I think, around the draft, but like it got done. It, you know what I mean? Of like, course. It, it always like did you ever expect anything it else? Always, well, I mean, there was there was a lot of times this offseason where I think we both kind of flip flopped. Like there was the, the whole NFL owners meeting thing when 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 mm. Lamar drops the like ah, we cut off negotiations right. or, or whatever. I don't even remember what it was. When John Harbaugh yes, was speaking, he was right too, before that he was, was drama. About to speak, Good point. Right. That mm-hmm. whole thing dropped. And then it looked like, OK, we're like. He threw that out public. Maybe, maybe they are splitting for good. And then, I mean, there, there's other stuff too, right? There's, there's Derek Carr. Not that that was a long drawn out process, but it was another. I, and I think part of it is just like, it's getting used to this NFL quarterback carousel being part of the norm. Because I thought, you know, for the longest time, it really felt like if you had your franchise quarterback, he would be your franchise quarterback and there would be no questions about it. And now 
it, it's shifting a little bit. That dynamic is is changing with, and, and I don't, you know, the, the freshest one in my mind that started it all was Matthew Stafford, but I'm sure it happened even before that. Um, but it just feels like the new normal. And, you know, as, as a, as a fan of a team with kind of a, you know, a quarterback that a lot of people call in purgatory, right? You're not sure if he's your NFL franchise quarterback in Jared Goff, or if, 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 you know, you need to upgrade, it kind of gives you hope that like, in order to upgrade your quarterback, you no longer have to like hit the lottery in the NFL draft. Maybe there's a different path to it in the offseason. Now you don't really want to necessarily rely on that, but it's just, it's a new normal that, that takes getting used to, I think. And I, it, it seems like it's here to stay because it's been like two or three straight off seasons where some big name quarterbacks are on the move. Even the Derek Carr thing like fits that example. Like if you're the Saints, you, like they've been stuck, right. it, it, you know, and I wouldn't even say they've been like, this is a, a weird way to put it, but like, who would you have rather been for the last three years, or how long has been has Drew Brees been retired now? Two years. Yeah. Who would you have rather been a fan of, the Cardinals or the Saints? Like, isn't it kind of close? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not yeah. like it's not ridiculous. And like, the, you could say the Cardinals had like a, a quote unquote franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray. Meanwhile, the Saints have just been like piddling around with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, yeah. if you want to call it that. And now, obviously, like, have landed Derek Carr, who I think is underrated. In yeah. if you're banging on the literal definition of that um and so yeah you're right like you you don't have to just suck for you know what i mean right. like like I, I, everyone's like well the cardinals are tanking like you don't have to tank you know what i mean like you, you don't have to like tank 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 right. to be you know in a position to reload the lions are an example of that even like you know the whole dan campbell era and and now they're like oh everybody loves the lions it's super annoying <laughs> um but i still like drama to me like last year maybe maybe i'm confusing or associating drama with surprise mm-hmm. Because last offseason, it was like, whoa. Like, it felt like the Russell Wilson thing that Denver was a little bit out of right. nowhere. The Matthew Stafford thing two years ago was a little bit out of nowhere. Yeah. These things, if, if you had asked you and I to predict where Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson would have wound up, these are the homes. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I, I don't think we would have been shocked by that at all. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's the it's what the NFL offseason is all about. It's it's because it's the dominating sport of, of all news cycles, that no matter what time of year every little thing that happens, every little Aaron Rodgers appearance on, on Pat McAfee, every, mm-hmm. every little tweet that Lamar Jackson tweets out or likes or whatever becomes a, a storyline for an entire week. And because it's a, in general, it's a slow moving process, right? The, the minute the Ravens lose that uh, wild card game, the narrative is on for, for the next four months. And so every single thing, every single development is a, is a shifting of the narrative. It's a new talking point. And so, um, I, I, you're probably right that in the end, everything played out in the way that most people would have expected at the beginning of these dramas. But at the same time, there were twists and turns. I think along the way, it was like, is is Aaron Rodgers going to stay? What darkness retreat? Like like all these weird storylines along the way that just make the NFL offseason what it is. Um, I have one follow up question, and then I'll start my sentence. Um, I saw this morning uh, Bill Barnwell wrote an article ranking the supporting cast for quarterbacks. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Um, and I, I think I was traveling last week, but I think they're around the NFL podcast did an episode doing a similar thing, like mm-hmm. just talking about the the surrounding cast of quarterbacks. Um, so a, like a similar subject, but which quarterback has the most drama around them? Like, what, you know what I'm saying? Like which quarterback is in the most dramatic seas that they have to navigate the ship? And I, I think I know the answer, but I'm curious what you think it is. Ooh, that's, that's an interesting one because I, I think what you mean is like which which like weapons carry the most drama with them or is it like a pressure yeah, like, overall like situation? Indi- 
independent of who they are as quarterbacks, like as, as positional mm-hmm. players, like which quarterback is dealing with the most drama, like on a day-to-day basis, like in the building from their teammates, their coaching staff, storylines around them that have nothing to do with them. Like what, you know what I mean? Like which one's like kind of facing the most uphill battle in that particular capacity. Ooh. Like, okay. So maybe even like the most distractions around them. In a way. Yeah. You can, you can define that how you'd like. Oh, all right. Let me, let me, well, <laughs> While you think my answer, okay, my suggestion is, yeah. is Josh Allen. Like the okay. Stefan Diggs thing recently was super or whatever, but I yep. still think I, I look, it's not, not a secret that I'm, I've been pretty hard on the bills. <laughs> I un like similar to my hatred for the Colts last year. I do think that, that there is like, I'm ahead of the curve here, but I think the curve will catch up. I think we're going to get to like October, November, like maybe the bills even, I could see them being like five and six, or maybe that's a little bit too far, but like maybe like three and four and people kind of starting to wonder like, what's going to happen? Why is this going on? You're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, whatever this and that. And I think people will finally kind of start to see what, what RJ and, and Pete have been talking about that Jeremy hasn't wanted to see whatever. <laughs> so Josh, like it's Josh Allen has a lot of you know, responsibility there. But yeah. He's got the Stefan Diggs thing. I know they just had the extensions for you know the brain trust or, or the organization, but still, like, there's a lot happening in Buffalo. Like, like you're at the first part of this window as a Lions fan, where it's like, okay, our window of opportunity is beginning. But right. like, the Bills are very, very close to that closing on them, and I don't know what that's like. I mean, that that has to be a really dramatic thing in and of itself. Well, yeah, I think I think just that general pressure of like having had your Super Bowl window open for three years now and not having a Super Bowl appearance to show for it. Right. That, that alone is, is a weird place to be. And you're right. Like, I don't, I don't know what that is to me. That's like, wow, you're really splitting hairs. Like you're, you're in the you're in the AFC championship game. Like, why are you complaining? Um, But at the same time, like, yeah, like as, as you get better as a franchise, as you get healthier as a franchise, the goalposts move. And um, you know, sometimes I, I I urge patience with teams like that. and, And like, if, if you live a life like the Pittsburgh Steelers or Baltimore Ravens, like that's not a bad life to live as an NFL football fan. You're like, you're constantly making the playoffs. You're constantly with a winning record. And, and, and I am a true believer that if you get into the dance, like anything can happen, you can get on a hot streak and, and, and make the playoffs and make the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. But, um, but some people aren't that patient. And I think with the bills, like I still think the long-term health of that team is good. And I don't think necessarily their Super Bowl window is, is necessarily closing, but at the same time, like, yeah, Josh Allen has another level that he needs that he can take it to, and and he hasn't done it in the past. I don't know, two. I would say maybe two post seasons, um, and and so yeah, like there's 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 a lot of interesting pressure on that team. I think maybe a little bit more on that you guys are placing on him that, that that actually exists, but at the same time, like it definitely does exist. And and with that goalpost moving, like Bills fans might start to get a little impatient here. <laughs> there's that's a team that right. has had a history of getting very close and not quite getting over the edge there. Exactly. Like the days of them celebrating because Andy Dalton beat the Ravens to just get them in the playoffs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like those bars have been cleared, you know, 10 times over. So like to your your point, the standard is higher. And if you aren't meeting it, the people are going to get upset. Do you have an answer for the quarterback drama ratio? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have as as good of a one as, as that one because I do think that's a a good one. Um, but I mean, you raised the question, so of course you have a good answer to your own question. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm I'm preempting you, like. I think Ru- I thought about going Russell answer. Wilson. What? Just if you want to take it, I thought about going I th- Russell I Wilson. I thought about it, like, but I, I feel like most most of the pressure is, around, is is just him. Like it's it's that he takes this year to jump under a new head coach and a new system, and I, I don't like I don't know how much around him is causing some some of the drama as much as it is him. Like it still remains with Russell Wilson. He still is like the face of that franchise. He's still the the biggest question mark that will take him take that team either you know where they are and 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 you know not 
re- be a real competitor in the AFC, or if he turns things around and, and looks like he did uh, during his prime years in Seattle, well, then I do think the Broncos could jump really quickly into that conversation. I think I think it all kind of surrounds how how he does outside of, I guess, Sean Payton and what you think of him. Fine. So then I'm giving you a pass on um, on figuring out a, a ratio answer. Um, okay, here's my sentence. Um, quarterbacks, and you got to pay attention to the last word, quarterbacks are not the most important player on a surprising number of teams. Okay. Like, we, we talk so much about, like, so your word is teams. Yep. We talk so much about, like, it's the NFL, the quarterback's most important <laughs> position. How many teams are the quarterback's most important position or player on? Well, it's a good question because I think I, you know, and I was discussing this with, with some of my buddies on our own podcast, like how many quarterbacks are undeniable franchise quarterbacks, undeniable guy, Like these franchises don't have to worry about their quarterback. I think you can count them on one hand or, or something close to one hand. And, and, and I think that speaks to your point, because if you don't, if you don't have that ultimate guy who, who's going to keep you in the Super Bowl conversation every single year, then you have to build a supporting cast. You have to build, and it might not be one individual player is more important than your quarterback. It might just be like, this team's offensive line is better than their quarterback. This team's pass rush is better than their quarterback. This team's secondary is better than their quarterback, um, is more important to their than their quarterback. Um, because, yeah, like, I mean, run down the list. It's it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's the best player on the Chargers. Like, I feel very confident in that. So, like, so I was kind of inspired by the, for this point um, over the last 20 minutes, which is when I knew it was going to do it, um, (laughs) when you gave me the word quarterbacks. Um, I actually stole an article from you. You wrote an article at Pride of Detroit uh, just kind of talking about, meandering about how many Lions should appear on the NFL Top 100 list. Not that the list, like, means anything, but it's a a fun question. So I did the same thing um, at Blog on the Boys. And I could make an argument that Dak Prescott should be on the NFL top 100. But then I was like, kind of like in my head ranking, you know, Cowboys. And for the first time in my life, um, I mean, some people would say DeMarcus Ware or whatever, but like the best player on the Cowboys is the defensive right. player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's not even like a question. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And, and for the early, early parts of his career, I know people Zeke this, Zeke that, whatever, but like it was Dak, like, you know, 2019, 2020, Dak Prescott was the best player on the Cowboys. And now it's, it's kind of like unnerving that that's not the case anymore. Yeah. Um, and so like even Joe Burrow, there's a conversation like, is he truly the best player? Cause Jamar chase is amazing. Right. You know what I mean? But like, I think you, you ultimately do settle on Joe Burrow to your point. And so it's it, like, and I mean this like with no disrespect, but is Jalen hurts, even the best player on the Eagles. You know what I mean? Like as a, as a different sort of example to this question. Yeah. It, it's tough to say. Right. Um, and, and I think maybe an offshoot of this question is, does your quarterback have to be the best player on your team? Right. Because as much as we say, like, yeah, Micah Parsons is the best player in the Cowboys. Well, if, if if they had Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback, would they be a Super Bowl team? Would they be a Super Bowl winner, right? Um, and so it, it, it's a tough question, right? Because you, you look at the, the the recent winners of Super Bowls, and and most of them have a franchise quarterback or something that resembles a, a franchise quarterback. And, you know. Except the Rams, who had a fraud, a quarterback. <laughs> All right, right. Chill. Relax. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, Matthew Stafford's an interesting example, right, though, because he is kind of that on that verge of like, are you sure he's I mean, he spent a dozen years in Detroit and we ask this question every year. Like, is he the guy that can get you to a Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl? Or is a guy that you have to have an absolutely stacked team on both sides of the ball, which admittedly the Rams were to at least get him that far. Now, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Matthew Stafford. He had a couple big plays in the Super Bowl in the in the playoffs that got him to where they were. But 
it goes back to the question, like, was he the most important player on that team? I, I think that's even, even a fair question to ask. Obviously he got them over the hump that Jared Goff couldn't, but they had a phenomenal defense. They had Aaron Donald. They had Jalen Ramsey. They have Cooper Cup. Like all these guys who were also extremely important. I mean, Matthew Stafford didn't even win Super Bowl MVP that year. Um, so it, it is kind of an interesting thing to think about. And 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 one I, I I personally go back and forth on because the franchise quarterback, like the the franchise quarterback, the undeniable franchise quarterback, is so rare in the NFL. It, it's such an elite top four or five guys. Um, that how how do you win a Super Bowl without it? That can you win a Super Bowl without that? And it's it's I, I think the answer is probably yes. It's just a lot harder. So then, to springboard the final part of this question or the final part of the statement, how many quarterbacks are the most important player on their team? Like if you had to give me a number, most important, not best, because that that yeah. does kind of change the definition. So how many quarterbacks are the most important? I would say that Dak Prescott is is maybe he's still the most important because, but like, you know what I mean? Like that's a really, that like, that's the line to me. You know what I mean? Like Micah Parsons is that special that he can kind of be a, a quarterback level influence on defense. And that's a, like, you have to be like Aaron Donald or Micah Parsons to be able to do that. Right. So, but like Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, I think that they are definitely four. Yeah. I, well, I, I think, I think if you're talking the most important instead of rather the best, I still think it's probably over the half of the league. Cause this is still an offensive league. And if you're if, if it's still an offensive league, if your identity isn't a strong defense, which I would say probably only a handful of teams are like, we're a big defense. That's how we're going to win football games. Um, then your quarterback's going to be your most important position, unless you have a a workhorse running back or something like that. And those are even more rare than I think franchise quarterbacks. Like you, we're in a, an era where everyone has running back by committee. So like unless you have a Derrick Henry of the world, which I mean Tennessee might not even have in a couple months. Um, I, or Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, exactly, perfect. <laughs> um, it it feels like a quarterback is still going to be your most important player, even if they aren't your best, or maybe even not even your most influential player. It's still your most important player. Okay, what is your sentence then, beginning with the word teams? Uh, teams this year are going to find out that the lines are no i'm just kidding um <laughs> this is tricky i'm this is like an improv game and i'm horrible at improv um but uh let's go with teams would be better served oh so you're abandoning the this uh, yeah, year no, i'm abandoning that okay, okay i'm abandoning it completely <laughs> teams this year would be better served to put less resources into special teams my explanation oh i just did teams again well, you're gonna, you're gonna. I, I, I started and ended with teams, so good luck with that. Or you could do special teams. How about that? Okay, so my dog was barking, <laughs> which is why I was on mute. So I didn't fully hear the sentence. Okay. <laughs> I, my sentence was: teams would be better served this year to spend less resources on special teams. Okay, um, I'm fine. Just kind of taking teams back. Um, okay, but um, let me explain myself first. Okay. Are there any teams investing a lot? Well, in maybe not a lot, teams? but I think, I mean, how many punters and kickers got drafted this year? Weird. That's, but like, okay, well, so I know you're going to explain, but like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like there's like the, the advantages of that still exist. Right. Like certainly kickers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I, in fact, I wrote a, an article several years ago, uh, Dan Bailey, who I know you love and admire, sure. um, we all did. was an amazing kicker for the Cowboys. And he started to have these back mm -hmm. issues. 
And I wrote this article that was like, well, why are they using him on kickoffs? Right. You know what I mean? Like, like think think about like how many kickoffs he takes like in a game and like in practice. And like, you know, like think about how much like physical energy he could he could conserve that way. You know what I mean? Like, so like your kicker is like a weapon. Like it's, it's literally a weapon. It's literally one of the like handful of people who scores points sure. for you. So I'm I'm totally fine investing in that. So you you're gonna have to sell me on like punters suck now, like you know, to really kind of get me to buy okay. in. Okay. Well, I'm gonna put kickers aside because I field goals are an important part of the game unequivocally like i can't i can't remember when justin tucker had a hundred yard field goal at four not at all um (laughs) but like kickoffs are pointless right now in the nfl absolutely that's true pointless and the 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 rule change they added this year where you know you can call a fair catch inside the the 20 or whatever any anywhere you catch it is going to make it even more pointless and so we're we're getting into training camp here and a lot of times when when you talk about building a roster building a 53-man roster the last five ten of those guys make it based on special teams that doesn't matter anymore. I'm sorry. It doesn't like if, if, if you're building, if I was an NFL GM building a roster, I would not care about my team's gunners. I would not care about my team's, you know, um, kick returner, punt return, like punt returner. And the punt team is obviously a little bit more important, but even then I feel like you, you don't see that many explosive plays on punt returns anymore. And kick returns, like I said, just completely worthwhile, worthless at this point. So when, when you're talking about those last positions on your roster, I would rather build those, you know, when you're talking about your, your DB 8, 9, 10, those guys, make those guys good football players. Stop focusing so much of their time on building them as special teamers because it's going away. And 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 they came for, for kickoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if punts weren't behind, the, you know, like if, if they aren't going to change punt rules pretty soon here and, and make everything a little bit different. And so... I think it would be smart for, for NFL GMs to start building their roster for offensive and defensive depth, especially at the bottom of those rosters, rather than building it out for um, special teams. I agree with you. Like um, if the question is, should we have, you know, a fifth reserve tackle or a gunner? Like I agree with you. You know what I mean? Right. Like the fifth reserve tackle is maybe, maybe you don't get to that point. Hopefully you don't get to that point, but like, it's probably more useful you know what I mean? Right. And like, and I think that that's evidenced by literal rule changes. Like what's yeah. the, the 46, 48 man roster that like you can carry like on game days. And one of them has to be an offensive lineman. If you do that, yeah. like, they, like there's no rule change. It's like, Oh, well you can carry an extra special. Team. You know what I mean? Like right. that's just like that. Cause it's not necessary. Um, I, the only pushback I'll give you isn't just kickers, but like punters as well. Cause there is like an advantage that you can still gain, right? Like if you, if you can pinpoint, you can cough and corner your punts, whatever sure. that still exists. But where I do agree with you is like, and I'll use the Cowboys as an example. Like, um, you may recall last year they signed USFL MVP Kevontae Turpin uh, <laughs> while at training camp, mm-hmm. and he had two kickoff returns in the same game in the preseason against the Chargers, and he was like this big old story. It never happened during the regular season. The return man is gone. Yeah. Put Devin Hester in the Hall of Fame, but the, the return yeah. man is a position that provides little to no benefit at this point in time because the opportunity isn't there. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like if you as a kicker and a punter, you still have some level, some high level of control. Right. But if you're a returner, you have none. Like, and when these rules came out, Cavante was actually asked um at minicamp, he was like, Well, what do you like have to say about these rule changes? And he was like, Oh, I don't care what they do. Like, I'm gonna bring one out every time. And it's like that might be kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. you know, like, like that might not make sense. You know what I mean? Like you might actually be hindering the team, you know, in trying to do that. Um, let it like, aside from the, the health, you know, uh, in dangers that exist, which the league is obviously trying to protect from. So yeah, I I'm with you that like, I think return men are the people who have been kind of phased out the most. Look, Avante Turpins, 
the Cordero Pattersons, mm-hmm. um, what were the Devin Hester's like that element of football is, is if it's not all the way gone, I agree with you. It's going to be gone. Very soon. Yeah. And, and what's left is, is like we said, like gunners I get are, are kind of important. Maybe your personal protector on your punt team is, is, is semi-important, but also teams are punting a heck of a lot less, right? Like you're going for it more. You have kickers that are better so that when you're in that, like 50 to 40 yard range, like you might be kicking field goals instead of punting. And so I don't know, like, as, as offenses get better and, you know, average more yards per drive, average more field goals than punts and, and touchdowns. And, and like, even, even punting is starting to slowly fade away, I would imagine. And so um, you're just left with your kicker, which is definitely important. I'm not going to downplay the importance of your kicker, but like, even then it's like, how specialized are you on like the offensive and defensive line on your field goal team? Like that doesn't, there, there isn't like a, is there a, a punt or a field goal block specialist anymore now that you can't jump over the off the, the offensive line no so just yeah get i mean it a is kicker, a pretty get yourself a long snapper and and forget everything else it is a pretty chalk play um right? like in general yeah. to your point and you know like i don't know who the cowboys kicker is going to be this year like i really don't like i like i <laughs> i have no clue like they, they don't have a, a they have tristan Vizcaino on their team that's it like so no offense to Tristan, but he's not going to be their kicker in 2023. So like the Lions that, have three. That is like, one, by the way. I'm good. Um, <laughs> but like that's that's evidence of like how cavalier the approach is to it, and it's cavalier for a reason, right? Yeah. Um, so that's good. Um, okay, I'm ready to start a sentence with teams mm-hmm. um and do it right, unlike you. Uh go for so it. sorry, but uh, okay. <laughs> Um, I think we we maybe go back and forth. Uh, you know, maybe I do one and then we do one more round. So three total round, three okay. three more left. We're halfway through. Teams, this is a little bit more general, not necessarily specific to this season. Sounds great. Teams that the NFL is better with don't exist anymore, or I'll, I'll say no longer exist. So your word can be exist, and you can change it to like existing okay. if you want. You know what I mean? Like you can sure. you can adjust it. Um, and I've said this before, but like. Man, Jeremy, the NFL is a better place when the Raiders are good. Mm-hmm. What? Like that's that's no longer true. Like the right. NFL is amazing no matter what. You know what I mean? Like I I do think that there are the occasional we talked about this, but like the occasional Thursday night game that I'm like, this stinks. But like that has nothing to do with like the histories of the franchises. That's just like it's December and they have six wins between. Them. Right. You know what I mean? Like sure. I, like there's I, I am no longer like. I do have like a special reverence, I guess, for college football. Like I, you know, I, I've sort of picked the Michigan side of Michigan, Ohio State. You're welcome. Well done. Um, so like I, I will enjoy that no matter what. Like no matter who's playing, no matter how good they are, whatever the case may be. Like I still have some level of interest in that just because of the uniforms. If you want to boil it down to that, that doesn't exist in the NFL. Like we're we're so the NFL has evolved so much that like they're actually past it. They no longer need to like rely on history anymore. And if you don't believe me as proof positive of that, look at the fact I've referenced the Cowboys many times that they haven't been to a title game in almost 30 years. And they're the most popular team in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't have to have this like history of excellence to be like front and center stage anymore. I mean, the freaking lions have five national, you know, national games this year. Like, you you don't have to be like a blue blood or a Tiffany franchise anymore. Yeah, I, I always look to the to the Saints as as a counterexample to all that, right? Like they were they were a poverty fan- franchise for the longest time, and Drew Brees comes along, and they're still a pretty relevant team. Like may, obviously not as much as when Brees was there, but like no one looks, I think, at the Saints the same way that they used to, and they're still a pretty popular brand. Like New Orleans is a fun place; their fan base is really awesome. The, the, the Superdome was going crazy back in the day, and and 
they've they've developed that that identity and and it holds with you so for a while and so all you really need to do is get on a a streak of like five six seven successful years where you're in the conversation and you can change it in a hurry and because of i mean it's 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 for a ton of reasons right one it's just the nfl is a behemoth like whoever whoever is good is popular at that time and it doesn't matter who doesn't matter how long they've been popular if they're good they're popular part of it is is fantasy football right suddenly you have a stake in every single nfl franchise that that you have a Mm -hmm. player in gambling now probably take like you can gamble on any game like let's say you have a six game parlay and you 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 knock all five of them out and and suddenly you have that six game is is you know i don't know is the random thursday night with two teams that have six wins between them right Right, exactly um and suddenly you care about that game that game's exciting to you and so there's so many different ways to make an nfl game exciting and interesting now for for nfl fans that i think you're right the one pushback i will have and the thing that i think the nfl has been missing for a while is a really good rivalry is a really good like manning versus brady type of thing and i think we've been trying to manufacture it for a while with with anyone who can compare to Mahomes, we've talked about on here. Like we, we, I think we really wanted Mahomes Allen to be that. And now is it going to be, um, you know, Mahomes Burrow maybe, but like, it doesn't feel like it's nothing, nothing has yet matched. I think that Manning Brady thing that, that, that we had going on for so long. And, and maybe it's just cause it's in the infancy, right? Joe Burrows is just coming along. Maybe in five years we're, we're at that same place, but I, I just miss a good heated rivalry that, that is standed the test of time that, that that Colts Patriots rivalry had for, for so many years. I agree with you. Um, I think it has to, if you want it to be like really, really authentic, it has to extend a little bit beyond just the quarterbacks. Um, like the head coaches were a bit of a factor with the Colts Patriots thing, you know, the kind of like dichotomy between Belichick and Dungy, it was part of it, right. but we're kind of getting there. Like the bills and I mean, the chiefs and Bengals yep. genuinely seem to like, not like each other, like, like at least in a football way, which is cool. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. like I don't have any skin in that game and I'm, I'm a fan of it. Like, um, was it Jamar Chase that said Burrow who? Uh, or, or, sorry, not Pat who. Uh, uh, <laughs> Pat who uh, a few weeks ago. And then Mahomes had the tweet when they got – do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, yeah. Um, like, that was cool. Like, right. and that it, it still felt a little WWE, like, manufactured. Sure. But still, like, bring it back. Like, I'm all, right. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, this – in 2014, uh, which had an incredible wildcard round of the playoffs, if you remember um, yourself. Uh, but <laughs> – but in uh, in twenty in twenty fourteen, um, the Cowboys got blown out by the Mark Sanchez led Eagles on Thanksgiving, and it sucked. Like it was just terrible. I hated it. And then a few weeks later, they went to Philly on Sunday Night Football. And before the game, Des Bryant and Nolan Carroll and Terrence Williams, they were all just like kind of jawing to each other, and like you know, like in the pregame yeah, football yeah. night in America stuff. And it was like epic. And you know, and like I, I think you would agree, Cowboys Eagles is like one of the best rivalries going, and it's because like teams and certainly the fans like genuinely seem to not like each other like i loathe nick sirianni i really <laughs> cannot stand him rachel i know you know that that's true but what i am grateful for when it comes to nick sirianni is he has made himself like a, a rivalry of like the world you know like yeah. everybody hates that dude in a lot of ways so like i'm all for that like i'm, I'm totally with you um i would also add i don't know if you remember this in the 2013, speaking of the Saints, divisional round, the Saints went to Seattle, and, and the Seahawks beat them. But, like, before the game, Jimmy Graham was, like, kind of getting into some mm-hmm. stuff, which was ironic given right. the way things would ultimately go. Like, I, I'm with you. Like, I need that that little piece of it. The, the pushback I would give you, which you brought up with the Saints, you don't need five, six, seven years. Yeah. Look at the Lions. And you don't even have to be successful. Like, again, no, like I, this time I genuinely mean no offense to the Lions. Like, you don't even have to be a playoff team. If you just come close, it, it, like if you just have some buzzworthy moments, you can you can be like a darling of the NFL and take your moment and run with it the way that Detroit has. Yeah, 
which which kind of makes me wonder like why hasn't a team jumped at the opportunity at hard knocks because it clearly helped the lions a lot right and we're 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 a month away from training camp and we still don't know which team is going to have the the, the hbo crew there which is just i mean it's kind of crazy to me but you maybe just no one is confident in their team making that that jump that, that the lions did last year i don't know i think it's dangerous because if you're not a cool character, you can become a joke really quickly. That's quick. true. And even like, yeah. like I think about the the Texans hard knocks. Remember when JJ Watt did the like working out in the rain stuff, yeah. like under the street lamp? You know what I mean? Like you you can it can go really bad for you if you're not careful. Right. And it's not even like your fault. Um. So and think about it. Like think about when the Raiders were on. Like they had no idea when they got into that what the Antonio Brown stuff. True. You know what I mean? Like you just have no idea what's lurking around the corner. So I kind of get it, but I'm with you too. Okay, your word is exist. You can take that in any form. You yeah, want. I'm going to go existing NFL replay rules are not enough. And Ooh. this is this is a surprising take for me because I'm, I've actually been against the expansion of replay for a while now, um, especially on very subjective calls. But I did a dirty thing this weekend and watched some USFL football. And I saw your tweet and it was not nice to the USFL. <laughs> it, was, it was not a very pretty game, but there was so there was a moment late in the game. It was about two minutes left. The Michigan Panthers were down, I think three or four or something. They score a touchdown. It's immediately called back on a personal foul face mask call. And upon review, it was very clear that the offensive lineman that it was called on just had a shoulder pad on the defender pushed up into his face. So there was no face mask. It was reviewed in the second touchdown was, was then awarded to them. And, and the game played on from there. And it was kind of fascinating to see in such an obvious call that had such a huge impact on the game, right? You, it was like a 60 yard touchdown that they took off the board initially for a 15 yard penalty would have, you know, Panthers would have lost right then, then and there likely to have done it in a timely manner uh, on an obvious call overturn it. I, I think I like the idea that, that they have in the OSFL, which I believe is just every personal foul penalty is automatically reviewed quickly and effectively. And with, with personal fouls, it's, it's, it can get a little tricky, right? Because personal fouls, a lot of time it's, it's at your, your discretion. It's okay. What's unnecessary roughness. There's no, there's no black and white line there. There's, it's a lot of gray area, but to me, like with obvious things like that, to have it overturned in an instant like that is, is huge. And I don't know how many instances of it it would save, but it would save obvious instances of a mistake. And, and I think the NFL could use that. This is a, a, a treacherous line sure. uh, because like this, like people will be like, well, you can't review everything because there's holding on every play, right. right? Like I'm with you. I do think that there should be more like some wider parameters, like maybe holding if it's called is a reviewable thing. But I think all personal fouls is going, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, like I would say face masks should be re- reviewable, you know, cause sometimes like yeah. you, 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 do, you know, sometimes it's not like, sometimes it's just like they, you know, get the top of the helmet and there's just like the player happens to like bend or twist or right. whatever. And it, it just looks bad. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I, I, I'm not arguing that the NFL like rule or replay system is perfect by any stretch, sure. but like I do think if you put it under a microscope, it it becomes like another behemoth in and of itself. Right. So like, but and like you can't do that without full time referees. And like it amazes me still that the the NFL makes what like a gajillion dollars. Like make the refs full time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it like if I don't ever, I've never ever ever subscribed to like the NFL is scripted, the NFL is rigged, or whatever the case may be. But it's like 
I, I do believe that on some level, like owners don't really care about the results. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause or, like the integrity the fairness, of the results. Cause right. it's like yeah, the fairness. Cause like, if you really did, then like the officials would be full time. So you could avoid snafus and situations like this, like the aforementioned 2014 wildcard game. That was perfectly officiated. <laughs> I'm glad you're admitting that was a mistake. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I've always wondered about how much that would actually help the full-time refs, because what do you, what do you, like, what do you get from that extra time? It, they don't need a, a better understanding of the rules. I think they mostly understand all of the rules, even though it's a very complicated rule book. I think they understand that. I don't know how much practice you can have that is going to make it so that when you're there in the situation, you're going to be better because that's, I, th- there's just a, a human error, a human reaction time that that's incapable of, of calling a perfect NFL game. And so I don't like, if you're running these scrimmages all year round for these NFL referees, I don't know that you really get a better product out of that. I think that's fair, right? Like, oh, are they just are they gonna like practice on like a like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday too? Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, then then you have to have a sky cam, you have to have yeah. a sky judge, yep. like you know what I mean? Like, you you have to like it seems it, it actually seems dumb to me. It is dumb. It doesn't even seem dumb that like we can all be sitting at home watching something and that like everyone in the world can have access to this and that like the officials on the field <laughs> won't make an adjustment for right. it. Yeah, like how difficult would it be for like you know? Mr. Official in New York City at 345 Park Avenue to be like, ah, actually, that's holding or that's not holding or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why can't you give one dude like or one person access to like 100 cameras that they can, you know, adjust things with? I don't understand the pushback against it. I think the, the one pushback that, that I even have a little bit of against my own point is 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 like roughing the passer, right? That has been one of like the, the biggest hot topics when it comes to officiating. No one knows exactly what it really looks like. It's, it's becoming, you know, the NFL catch all over again. So if you make that reviewable, like we are going to have long discussions. We are going to have these, these, you know, is he, is he landing on with his full weight or only like 70% of his weight? And, and did he, did he touch him in the head or just graze him in the head? And like all these crazy discussions that are, that are just going to get a little bit out of control. The more and more we dissect it, the more and more we ultimate, ultimate slow-mo it frame by frame, all that sort of stuff. It just, it makes the game a little bit more complicated, a little bit more tougher to, to really understand what's happening at full speed. And that, that, that's that's the worst thing I hate about instant replay and slow and all that stuff. It takes away just how fast the game is when you slow it down and, and how much you're expecting from these guys. Like, Oh, of course don't hit him below the knee, but what if you're shoved from behind and you know, all this sort of stuff, like you, you're not, if you're playing in slow-mo, you're not really getting a taste of like what this act, what this athlete is actually capable of doing and preventing himself from doing uh, when it comes to like breaking a rule. So it, it's, I, I get like the kind of slippery slope argument, but something about watching the USFL over the weekend and, and to be fair, they only have one game going on the game. So Mike Pereira can watch everything immediately. And, and, but you can get enough sky judges where they're get two sky judges per game in every single game that's playing. And and you can figure something out in, in a system similar to what they're doing in the USFL just to make it a little bit better. Um, okay. That was interesting. That was maybe our highest level of, of disagreement. Um, Okay, I have my final one, and I have to start with enough, which is a little bit difficult. Sorry. But um, do I have one after this? So should I be I'm paying going... attention? No, 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 no. This, this is, is it because you started. So like, we, this is our third set. Got it. Um, and I don't think anyone disagrees with this, but like enough. And I'm talking to like I don't know if I'm talking to NFL owners or like NFL TV people or whatever, but like enough with trying to create the perfect primetime game, every single primetime slot, every single week. Enough. Sometimes games are wonderful. Sometimes games suck. 
Sometimes games stink on paper. Sometimes the games that stink on paper wind up being amazing. Sometimes the games that look amazing on paper wind up stinking. You know what I mean? Like enough with trying to like catch lightning in a bottle all the time. We had that problem when it came to Thursday night football flex scheduling. I think even general flex scheduling is silly. And I think, you know, like you you, you just, you cannot, you're like, you, you have it all. Like, you know, like when, when is it enough? You, you literally have everyone, like literally every person watches you like uh, in your, prime, you, you can, as evidence, you can put two bad teams in prime time and still benefit, still reap the same rewards. But, like it is so exhausting how, and I would, I, I don't blame like production people or like TV people for trying to like hype up their game or whatever the case may be. But it's like, you know, you don't have to like tell us it's raining when you're peeing on us. Like sometimes the game sucks. Like let's just lean into it. You know what I mean? Like we, we don't have to like pretend like it's the highest stakes of all time when it's week six Thursday night football. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think, I think part of the problem, <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to bring it all back to Al Michaels, but it was like Al Michaels on, on Thursday night football last year admitting that the game suck while while they're being played right amazon's got to hate that look right amazon a, a new investor by you know new by by nfl stands a new investor in the game a new broadcasting partner um their their first year went bad right i mean and by and i think your overall point is bad is very much in quotation marks very, bad is very much in the the nba or mlb or nhl would would sell everything for your version of that right exactly that's what i'm trying to say but uh at the same time like i mean like you said like they're they're all chasing a a dragon that they're never going to chase because you're always going to want more you're always going to move the the goalposts again like this rating isn't high enough this rating isn't high enough this this game isn't good enough um relax You, you guys are on top there's there's really no close competition at this point and yeah, this this whole like optimization of the NFL schedule is silly. Um, you 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 just don't know what a matchup is going to look like in Week Ten now because injuries are going to happen too, right? Um, and and I think I think the the most salient point you had there is that bad matchups can produce awesome games, and it can it can even be a two and six team versus a three and five team or three and seven team or whatever it is like. One of, and and maybe this speaks probably a little bit more to the Lions' history, but one of the most epic moments in recent Lions history was that Matthew Stafford game where he threw out his shoulder, getting tackled on the penultimate play, threw a touchdown against the Cleveland Browns in a game. It was a crazy shootout game, but both teams are way out of the playoff race already, and it was like week ten. Um, it it's just it's the nature of the sport of football is that most games are going to be close which means most games are going to have interesting endings. So just relax. You're probably going to have a pretty interesting football game, even if it isn't a team where you can, you know, for the entire week lead up, say, oh, it's Mahomes or it's Burrow. Like, it's okay. It doesn't have to be. Football's great. Yeah, um, that Matthew Stafford moment, like all of Matthew Stafford things, wildly overrated, uh, just so we're clear about uh, everything. Um, but, yeah, I remember that vividly. Um um that was awesome was that i think those are the brady quinn browns yeah, yep still maybe yes uh so uh that's a bit of a throwback yeah like we don't need the micro management of all this like it's you know and and again not every game is the super bowl and you know what if every game were the super bowl then the super bowl would not be the super bowl you know what i'm saying yeah. like it, it's just it, it's it's exhausting and like back to the point of and maybe you and i are the minority like maybe we're the like minority of people who care about like fairness or whatever but like um so uh let's see here who did the uh if if the minnesota vikings had beaten the new york giants in the wild card round of the playoffs okay 
they would have gone to face the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round this past year. And that would have meant that the Cowboys, after they beat the Buccaneers, would have played the Eagles because they would have been the lowest remaining seed left. Or, um, yes, I'm correct here. Um, sorry, it feels like forever ago at this point. And I, I bring this up because the Cowboys, I don't know if you remember this, they played their wild card game in Tampa on Monday night. They were the super wild right. card Monday night wild card game. Right. So they were on the road on a Monday night, and the NFL had already announced that the Eagles, that their divisional game in Philly would be on Saturday. It would be the Saturday night game. So there, there is a world, there is a permutation where the Cowboys would have played a road wild card game on a Monday night and then had to travel and play on a Saturday night against the team who came off the bot. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're getting really far away from, like, fine, maybe you don't want to be, like, right down the middle of fairness, but, like, you're almost at one end of the spectrum on some of this stuff, and that's unfair to a lot of people involved. Yeah, and it's it's kind of unsafe, too, and it's un, it, and it's – and while, like, you might not notice it right away when you're in the moment, like – you're getting a worse product if you're making a playoff team in the middle of the playoffs do a five game turnaround when the other team is doing a seven right. game. Like some guys aren't going to heal from their injuries or, or they're going to, they'll probably still play through it because it's the playoffs, but they're not going to be at their, at their best. And again, like we're, we're kind of getting into the minutia here. You might not really notice it on, on, on the screen. Um, and we just said, like, even if you're not at your best, you're, you're going to have some good football matchups and interesting football matchups, but you are robbing the teams. You're robbing the, the, the fans of, of optimal football. Like you're, you're trying to put everything in prime time and you're trying to make everything, you know, like you said, like a, a super bowl like atmosphere, but you're also robbing people of maybe better football. And that to me is, is the, the thing that like, I want, I want to have like that Ted Lasso speech is like, you guys don't understand. Like you're, 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 taking the integrity out of the game. And it's just like, I, I realize this is a corny speech and a, a weird hill to die on and, and, and probably a losing battle because the NFL is never going to be like, oh, you know what? We tried Thursday night football. Let's take, let's, <laughs> let's take one day off. Like, you know, maybe we're on too many nights of the week. They're never going to say that, but yeah, football, like the game of football would certainly be better if Thursday night football was just gone, but it's never going to be. So maybe you just want to turn the enough point to enough is enough. That's a good way to end it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then we just like end in the enough cycle forever <laughs> yes, and ever and ever. Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, Rachel, um, could you please join us and offer us three things? One, um, the app that we should all download to make our lives better. Two, your overall thoughts on this episode and this idea and if it was good or trash. And three, obviously the MF double MVP. Yes. My app for today is for like fitness people who maybe want to work out. Maybe if you're a beginner, it doesn't matter if you're experienced. Um, the Peloton app. A lot of times when you think of the Peloton, you think of just like simply the cycling, like the bike and everything. But the app does offer like a bunch of different classes that you can do, whether it's like boxing or yoga, um, Pilates, you name it. And so there is like the free option. You can pay for other ones as well, but the free option has like unlimited uh, classes classes like um, live or on demand so you can create like a community but like I said it just offers you a bunch of different um, ways to stay you know active and just be motivated overall so I'm gonna say the Peloton app I like wow. that wow um, yeah 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 um, first off kudos to both of you guys for today because this was probably one of the most challenging um exercises that we've ever done um because you really have to pay attention and like jeremy was saying like happened to be able to ad lib i don't think i would have been able to do it you guys did a phenomenal job so shout out to you rj for 
pitching this idea because I wouldn't have came up with it, but it was actually really, really fun watching you guys do it. Um, I think you guys started off like trying to just feel the vibe. And I think you guys got stronger as you went. So I think both of your last two points were my favorite. Um, Jeremy, you had existing. I think that that was your probably strongest one about the replay. And then RJ, you did enough. I think that was your strongest one. And so I got to give it to both of you guys. But for day for today, I'm going to award it to RJ. Feels good. Well, phenomenal job on both Feels sides. Good. Yeah, <laughs> you're like uh, you're like the 2022 Eagles, Jeremy. Like, oh, you're a really good team. But like, did you win the Super Bowl? No. Um, that's what matters. You, oh you're gosh. you're you finished oh the exact God. same way as the Chicago Bears. That's really all this matters. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Relax. Wow. Um, I want to thank Rachel and Jeremy and uh, the apps Libby and Ginger and Peloton. Um, both of our apps, Rachel, could have been human names. Yours cannot, at least. Um, so um, give it time. Know, so, shout out to uh, you know twenty 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 like forty two. There's going to be someone named Peloton. That's true. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> that's true. Um, well, uh, this was a magnificent episode, um, and so. Let's just leave. Let's just get out of here. And as we do, Jeremy, um, please tell us what it's going to be like when you do a kickboxing class on Rachel's Peloton app. Oh, uh, there's there's going to be multiple torn muscles. Um, I'll probably at some point accidentally kick a wall. Um, so just more injuries than help, for sure. Right on. 